Hi, I'm John Maxwell. When the top companies in the world are looking for trainers, speakers, and coaches, there's one name that stands above the rest, and that's Maxwell Leadership. Our certified team members have gotten proven results for companies all over the globe, and our reputation, I'm proud to say, is second to none. Some of our members have risen to the top of their profession, including the one you're going to meet today. I proudly introduce you to my friend, Bob Fabian Zinka. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you need to develop into a better leader, this podcast is for you. If you want to achieve a greater level of success, this podcast is for you. His mentor, Dr. John C. Maxwell, said it best, everything rises and falls on leadership. We hope to inspire you today and provide you with an insight that has the potential to positively impact the trajectory of your life. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast. Welcome to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems that buyers, practitioners, operators, leaders, and other folks in the world of cybersecurity face today. Today, we are fortunate to have Bob Zinga, or BZ, as his friends call him, join us. Bob, would you digitally wave hello to all of our listeners? Hello. (laughs) Awesome. All right, BZ, let's get right into it. Why are you qualified to talk about security? Well, uh, probably because I have more than, what, 20 plus years now in IT and security. Uh, I guess I started my security career full-time when I was at the University of Alabama back in 2005, so 17 years ago. Uh, Since then, I've done uh, security for uh, higher education, the U.S. government, more specifically the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Army, and then uh, since 2014 for uh, Silicon Valley. So I've been a security engineer a um, uh, head of uh, security, director of security, a manager for a publicly traded company, Groupon, for almost uh, a year, a uh, director, and uh, now an executive in cyber security in Silicon Valley. So uh, it's been a long time. I've seen a lot, and this uh, industry is changing quite a bit. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that qualifies me to talk about pretty much anything security related. Uh, I believe experience, it's probably the most important thing, but also uh, education, uh, which uh, I have a certificate from Harvard University, but also uh, IT certification, which at at this stage in my career, the certification don't really mean much anymore because I think I have more than 28 certs in security and IT. But at the beginning of my career, right, uh, more than 20 years ago, they did mean a lot. Uh, I think at, at this stage in my career, only the CISSV, which is, I think, the gold standard for security practitioner, because I would never, ever, ever take the uh, CISSV exam ever again. So I'm going to keep that one current. <laughs> but uh, everything else can pretty much uh, uh, not be renewed. I, I would be just just fine, just fine with it. So. Awesome. Well, Bob, thank you so much for sharing that decades of experience. And also, thank you uh, for your years of service. Thank you. Talking about a problem, a problem, a problem. Bob, name a problem in the world of cybersecurity that's got your attention right now. Yeah, the one problem that uh, keeps me awake at night is uh, 
quantum computing, right? Uh, it is already here, uh, it is uh, coming. And uh, what concerns me is the fact that you know, when we talk about security, we, we talk about uh, uh, confidentiality, integrity, and availability, right? With confidentiality, what we have right now pretty much is encryption. At rest, most people use AES-256, that's the best standard. Or uh, in transit, we use HTTPS. You know, or, and uh, uh, very soon, though, with quantum computing, uh, right now, it, it would normally take you with a regular computer, maybe 2 billion years or so to be able to uh, break uh, uh, that encryption. Right? But with quantum com com computing, it's only going to take like 20 seconds. So uh, basically, confidentiality is going to be completely transparent. It's going to go away. And that's a real problem for my uh, industry. So we don't really know what the solution is yet, but I know there are people much uh, smarter than I am thinking about it and work, working on, on this uh, specific issue. But I feel like it's going to take some type of partnership between the, the government and the industry uh, for us to uh, really come up with a feasible solution. Because many times, you can make the encryption much harder, right? Use a much longer key, but the problem with, with that too is uh, it's gonna be unusable, right? Because you need to be able to decrypt what is encrypted long enough for the people to get access to the to the data, those who have a need to know. But if you have a need to know and you can't even decrypt your own encryption, then it's completely useless too, right? So uh, there's definitely a lot of work to be done in this area. And I know some people, again, much smarter than I am, uh, uh, looking at it right now. So I'm very hopeful we're gonna find a solution. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up, you know, the with this problem, the need for a public-private partnership. Um, you know, do you have any any examples of public-private partnerships that you've seen work in the world of security or IT in the past, you know, with with your two, two, three decades of experience? Yeah. I I think with security, the NSA is a great example, right? Our national security agency. Uh, in the US government, we care a lot about some of our data, right? Top secret, secret, and uh, confidential. So it's, it's really critical for the government, right? Uh, because for the industry, you know, sometimes you may have IP, intellectual property, or secret source, or, or whatever. But if anybody knows you know, what your formula is or, or whatever, Worst thing that happens to you, maybe your reputation and you may lose money, right? But for the US government, people are actually going to die. So uh, it's extremely, extremely important. So I feel like organizations like the NSA, really the, the people, right? Uh, in time, they gave us deaths and free deaths. But unfortunately, all of those have been uh, broken in time. And uh, like I said, very, very soon, AES-256 is going to be uh, broken too. And all encryption the way we know it today. So I am pretty sure the NSA, Definitely have some people working on it like day and night right now. So, uh, and uh, I also know, you know the, the way things are now in in America with the public uh, sec sector and the freedom. For example, in tech, we have Facebook, Google, you know, all of all of the um, big five uh, tech companies out out there. I am I am sure uh, many of them are looking in, into this uh, uh, problem too. And uh, I feel like a partnership uh, between the government and private enterprises will get us there uh, soonest. Now, when you when you think about it, a lot of the technology we enjoy today really 
was uh, designed by the military, or at least the U.S. government, right, including GPS, including the internet. Al Gore didn't invent the internet, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> it was already done for, for the U.S. government, but eventually uh, it, it was made available to the general public, and we pretty much depend on those type of technologies today. I, I can't really imagine a day in my life without internet access, right? Especially my, my kids who are Generation Z. Like they were born with the iPhone in, in, in their hands. So it's uh, almost uh, impossible to imagine life without this technology. But uh, it does, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, it does cost something, right? I, I think it is so ingrained with our way of life that uh, we are going to figure out how to keep it going forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one follow-up question there. You know, you mentioned the National Security Agency or the NSA here in the United States of America. Um, we do have listeners from across the globe. Are there other uh, public agencies from countries besides America that you think are well-positioned um, to be the public side of that public-private uh, partnership to find the next level of protection? It is uh, possible, of, of course, you know, I am focused to uh, the US here, but uh, I'm sure there are uh, organizations like the uh, NSA in other uh, countries, and that's definitely gonna be a crucial problem for them too, right? Because uh, if encryption becomes obsolete, then there is no more national secret, right? So we just cannot let, let that happen. So uh, even those people, I guess I won't, I won't call them enemies of the US, but uh, competitor, Right, like China, Russia, and and all of all of those countries, it's extremely uh, urgent for them to uh, to maintain uh, confi confidentiality. So I uh, I think this is really a, a global uh, problem, and it's one of those issues. I feel like even if you are a competitor, it's in your best interest to work together to find a solution that works for everybody involved. Right, because otherwise, every, everybody's secret is is going to become uh, public uh, knowledge, which is not something uh, we can allow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, the concept of you know, sure, you're say so you clamp down. You know, the NSA clamps down for American citizens here in America and, and comes up with a solution. But what happens? You know, it is a global economy. I know the, the world is yes. reopening here um, mm -hmm. here in spring 2022 when we're recording this. You know, what happens when you cross the border and you connect yes. to a Marriott, um, you know, Wi-Fi network in St. Petersburg, um, Russia, or you're in, you know, Taipei and, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, Shanghai or Beijing or something like that. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a zero sum thing. Like it's, it's not like the NSA can just clamp down on American, uh, data and, secure that and then say, great, everyone else is on their own because it's it's not really gonna work like that, is it? <laughs> exactly. And I know the, the government is definitely most concerned about government uh, information, but then, then too, right? Uh, it just makes sense to share with the industry, right? Uh, because it, 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 it benefits all of us. And it's also, uh, a, I believe, a very critical uh, component of our economy, right? Um, pretty much everything uh, we do uh, today, like when I when I used to work for uh, Spare War uh, San Diego, uh, the admiral there used to say, you know, because we we provide the technology to uh, the Navy Space uh, Warf Warfare uh, Command, uh, and uh, 
talking about um, fighting jets, uh, the Admiral there used to say a fighting jet is nothing but a supercomputer with wings. And I think he's absolutely right. Even today, when you think about vehicle, even a Tesla, all electric, it's really all sensors and computer uh, processing, you know, but uh, with uh, tires, right? So uh, we are so dependent on the technology today that I think it would be just too dangerous. Now, I think uh, last time we talked, I, I, I kind of referred to this idea of being too big to uh, fail, kind of what happened to the economy back in 2008. And, and I think it's, it's going to be one of, one of those uh, things if uh, uh, encryption really be becomes uh, obsolete. So uh, I am 99.999% sure there's going to be a solution to it. Uh, actually, one of my uh, mentor, I, I don't have a, a PhD, but I was a PhD student and I'm, I am what you would call the APD, right? All but the uh, dissertation. I've met all of the uh, requirements for the PhD program except for the final uh, dissertation. But anyway, my, my primary faculty mentor uh, used to uh, tell me that uh, when you are facing a problem and many times just asking the right question will kind of give you 50% of the uh, uh, solution. But also looking at it, it seems to me like if there is a problem just by definition, that means there is a solution as well. So it's just up to us to find out what that solution is, right? It's, it's, it's kind of us on discovering uh, what doesn't work until we find what does what does work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I really think in the next uh, five years or so, we are going to have to really find a solution for that. Now, some of the uh, mastermind groups I am a part of, there is the FOB Technology uh, Council. I've been a member for two years now, since 2020. So these are uh, technology leaders really across America and uh, around the world, many of them from uh, Fortune 1000 companies. And from time to time, right, we, we have meetings and we kind of talk about what technology is going to be like uh, in uh, the near uh, future. So, but anyway, that's, that's definitely uh, one uh, area where I can get a lot of uh, ideas from uh, my uh, peers. And again, some of them much smarter than uh, I am, but, uh, uh, just knowing that this is a a problem that a lot of people have eyes have eyes on. Yeah. yeah. Before we go to our final question, I just wanted to kind of reflect reflect back into the listeners' ears. Asking the right question is fifty percent. You know, it gets you fifty percent of the way there. That that so reminds me of uh, what's known as the IDS framework: India, Delta, Sierra. So, issue, discuss, solve. And mm -hmm. you spend 80% of your time on a discussion as a group or as a team, which makes the issue critical. Because if you mm -hmm. pick the wrong issue, you will spend countless cycles <laughs> discussing it. Yes. Then you'll even come up with a solution. And then somebody will raise their hand and go, you know what? I don't <laughs> think that this was even, like, it's, re it's related. Like, we're not off track here mm -hmm. entirely. But man, I, I don't think we actually have the right issue at hand here. So yes. then you have to go in the IDS framework, you go back to I, great. You know, mm -hmm. we, we learned that this isn't the issue. It took us a long time. And, that, and that's why it's critical to be critical of the issue. Is this the yes. right problem to solve? Is this the right question that's getting us started on our discussion? Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, just wanted to reflect that into the group um, and, and, and have that shared to the listeners. And as we yeah. talk about sharing, oh, go ahead. Uh Actually, I was, I was going to say, I, I really like uh, 
what you talked about the ideas framework i think on a personal basis too it is quite relevant right when you are a leader i think many many times you work on tasks that probably don't even need to be completed at all right some of them you definitely need to do a lot of the tasks that you have on your plate definitely need to delegate right and then uh, quite a few of those completely abandoned because they're not going to get you anywhere you, you you want to be. I am a, a great believer, both at, at work professionally, but personally as well, the 80-20% rule of the um, Pareto principle, right? It is called 20% uh, of your activities will get you 80% uh, of, uh, of the way toward the achievement of your goal. And for most people, unfortunately, they are extremely busy, you know, from sun up to sun down. They have they do a lot of activities, but 80% of what they do only gets them 20% of where they, they, what they believe is their highest uh, priority. So I always have to ask uh, myself over and over again, what is the best use of my time right now? And uh, some, sometimes, yes, you do, you do have to abandon uh, some of the activities you are doing because they are just not in line with what you believe are your uh, highest uh, goals. So um, I, th I thought of that when you, when you mentioned the ideas uh, framework. So it's very important to be discussing the right issue. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the Pareto principle. Uh, Warren Buffett actually does that every week. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. Uh, every Sunday evening, he writes down a list of roughly 20 to 25 things that he needs to get done. And then he looks at it up and down a few times and he circles, I think it's no more than three or four. Wow. And everything else is th are things he's no longer allowed to work on for the next week. And so if it comes up, he it's says, wonderful. oh, I have to give this to my deputy, Mike, or you need to talk to mm -hmm. my head of head of trading out of Asia or Africa and, and you know, talk to this yes. guy or that lady. Um, but he, he specifically says, these are I, these are no longer things I can work on this week because I have to focus on these other ones. And while we are not Warren yes. Buffett, we can still think in that way sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I yeah. think it, it really makes a, a big, big difference when you focus on the right issues. And uh, because no, the, the, the older I get, the more I realize my most precious resource really is my time, right? Because once my time is gone, I can't get it back. Now, if I lose money, I can always make a lot more money later. But time, it is gone forever. So the way I spend my time is uh, extremely important uh, to me. So I just want to make sure I'm spending it in the right way. Uh, something that's going to give me a return on uh, investment. So. Yeah, that return on time. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Bob, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, third question is where we get a little bit vulnerable and a little bit funny. Tell our listeners about a terrible haircut that you have had. <laughs> Well, I think the most terrible haircut I've had was forced upon me, right? I joined the U.S. Navy back in 2004. I think it was October 2004. So May of the following year, they sent me to boot camp. I went to uh, RTC, great mistake. I mean, uh, Great Lakes, right? So uh, recruit training command, uh, Great Great Lakes, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And the, the first day I got there, so they picked me up at the... Uh, Chicago International uh, O'Hare Airport. And we drove maybe about an, an, an hour or two. And once we, we got to uh, RTC, first thing they did was to shave everybody, everyone. They complete all oh, my precious hair, all gone. Uh, so every, everybody <laughs> else looked exactly like me. And also they, they, they gave us brand new uh, uniform. So everybody was wearing exactly the same thing. It didn't matter, right? If you were white, black, brown, or whatever, rich, poor, it didn't matter at all. Everybody was exactly 
uh, equal. So I think that was probably the most terrible haircut I've ever had. And since then, my hair has been pretty uh, short. But yeah, I used to have pretty long hair back uh, in the days. But uh, uh, I guess you you kind of get that accustomed to it after after a while. <laughs> <laughs> a haircut that was forced on you, although you probably yeah. didn't know that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. But I didn't really realize it until it actually happened. Um, it was kind of surreal, but yeah, that's that's exactly uh, the price. The price, one of the prices you have to uh, to pay for raising your hand and volunteering, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. why some some Easy. of my uh, Navy buddy told me, right? Navy stands for never again volunteer yourself, but I think that's completely wrong because uh, yeah. <laughs> it is important to uh, volunteer and uh, do something not just for yourself, but you know, for your community and your country it's 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 always a great idea to uh, give back when you get the opportunity absolutely absolutely well before i i say our our exit phrase uh, bz would you say hello and goodbye to our listeners one last time goodbye everyone and it was a, a great honor to be with you today uh, hopefully this has been a pretty uh, uh, inst- instructive or useful to you thank you really appreciate it Bye. Absolutely, BZ. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems that buyers, practitioners, leaders, operators, and anyone else who's involved in the world of cybersecurity faces today. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channels and come back for more wisdom nuggets on how you may develop into a better leader and achieve greater levels of success. Leadership is the most critical skill. The world will always need leaders to lead others, deploy the next disruptive technology, or execute a business strategy. You may as well decide on counting yourself among the 21st century leaders. See you right here next time on the Leadership and Success Podcast with Coach BZ.